MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, July 12th, 2021. Today, the Michigan Attorney General is investigating the big lie. Citizens will enforce new abortion laws in Texas. A judge refuses to seal the names of Kraken witnesses for the sanctions hearing this week. A leader of the Oath Keepers goes against his legal counsel's advice and answers FBI questions. And a former GOP aide pleads guilty to child pornography. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody. Dana is off today, but joining me in studio. Oh, in studio for the hot notes and the good news is Mandy Reedy. Amanda Reeder, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Ah, it's so good to see your I face know. in front of a microphone with headphones on it, like in my studio. In meat space, in real time. It's really exciting. I know it is. When was the last time I was in studio? It's been a while. Yeah, at least a year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. A year. <sighs> time has flown. It has. It has flown. And the news hasn't slowed down any, in case you were wondering. It's, it's, it's gotten a little better. Yes. But it's still a lot of news. I don't have an interview today. There's so many headlines. We just have to go over the news. And so uh, you're going to help me do that. We're going to do that in the hot notes. And then you and I are going to read the good news later. If you have any good news or corrections, if you hear us making a mistake, you want you want to let us know or you want to play any of the million games we're playing during the good news segment, you can head to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And that's how you do that. We do have a lot of headlines, as I said. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Lead story today. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel's office has agreed to investigate individuals who have pushed false claims about the 2020 election to raise money or publicity for themselves, which, let's face it, is the only reason they do this shit. The GOP controlled state Senate Oversight Committee recommended the probe as part of a wide ranging report on the election, which uh, debuted in June, by the way. The Republican lawmakers behind the document, including Senator Ed McBroom, he's a Republican, found no evidence to prove significant acts of fraud in the vote and suggested Nessel, a Democrat, look into those spreading false assertions. What a that's bipartisan AF, you know, quote, after reviewing the report in full, the department has accepted Senator McBroom and the committee's request to investigate. After reviewing the report, the department has accepted Senator McBroom and the committee's request to investigate. That's a Lindsay Mokomel. That's Nessel's press secretary. So Republican said, hey, Democrats, you should investigate this shit. There's nothing wrong with the election. And the Democrats went, cool, bro. Uh, The Michigan State Police are assisting with the investigation. All right. So President Joe Biden won Michigan by 154,000 votes, 154,000 votes or three percentage points. That's a massive win. A series of court decisions and reviews by bipartisan boards of state canvassers and reviews by election officials have reinforced the outcome multiple times. However, the former guy and his supporters have levied unsubstantiated claims that fraud cost Trump the race. But they're investigating. It's a great use of taxpayer money for the uh, Michigan State Police. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm for that. Fund that. Yeah. Fund an investigation into the big lie. I just it's funny. You know, I haven't been in studio for a year. I have been on the show, you know, in the last six months or so, but I was just thinking, wow, we're still talking about the same thing with the same stories. <laughs> when it comes to these Trump supporters, they keep coming back to the same BS. Mm-hmm. It's oh, called it's called mentality. Yeah, absolutely. Fun. Next up, we have a story 
a former GOP staffer and RNC aide pled guilty to a little warning here for those of you who are sensitive to sexual triggering sexual content, pleaded guilty to child pornography charges and is facing 12 years or more, hopefully more, in prison under a plea deal with prosecutors. Ruben Verstegui, I think that's how you say that, 27, entered the guilty plea from jail during a video conference hearing before the U.S. District Court Judge Amit Mehta in Washington, D.C. Verstegui, and please correct me if you know uh, how to pronounce that, admitted to possession of 152 videos and 50 images of child pornography and to receiving and distributing sexual depictions of children. Bad dude. According to an affidavit filed in the case in February by Department of Homeland Security investigator, he sat on images of rape of children during an online chat last year. Yeah. What a P... (laughs) What a POS. Prosecutors said he also fantasized online about killing children while abusing them. The investigation focused on a ring of at least 18 people trading child pornography via a chat group on an unnamed website, and it appears to have zeroed in on at least one other political staffer in Washington. Last November, a Trump Commerce Department political appointee Adam Hagman was arrested on charges that he shared a child pornography video and commented on abusing children sexually. He also appears to have been set to enter a guilty plea in April, but court records do not indicate that hearing was ever held. So that's awesome. <laughs> Meta appointed Verstuguay's guilty plea, but deferred a decision on as to whether or not to accept the roughly 12 to 15 year sentencing range prosecutors um, had originally agreed to. Sentencing in his case is set for October 12th. So there are child pornography rings. Mm-hmm. They're just in the GOP. <laughs> I'm color me shocked. Yeah. You know, this is something I'm, it's, it's really, it's really wild to see happening. It, it, children have so few rights, you know, in general, minors have very few rights. And so when it comes to these sorts of things where they actually do get them, I'm like, go hard. <laughs> yeah. Real. Yeah. Real. Exactly. Real. Like go hard. I, you know, and there are mandatory minimums mm-hmm. for this minimum 12 years. And that's with a, with an agreement. And I don't know if they're co- if he's cooperating against anyone else in this ring and that's part of the plea agreement or if mm-hmm. he's just pleading guilty because they have him dead to rights. I think we'll find out more on October 12th. From our friend, though, Adam Klasfeld at Law and Crime. Days before a hearing to decide whether Kraken lawyers Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood and their co-counsel should face heavy sanctions, a federal judge denied an old motion to keep three of the supposed witnesses' identities under seal. Two of the one secret witnesses in that litigation have been revealed via public reporting since then, though. That sanctions hearing is currently scheduled for Monday morning. But U.S. District Judge Linda Parker, who will determine the lawyer's fate, resolved some unfinished business first on Friday. Now, if you remember, this is the uh, (laughs) when I was talking to Adam Klasfeld this week and we were talking about the sanctions hearing and how they was they said, well, you know, I I don't want to come to a Zoom meeting over the weekend because it's the Fourth of July. And so the judge granted them a continuance until this Monday. And uh, then they filed a motion to see if their attorneys could appear on that Zoom call, not in person, on the Zoom call in their stead. And um, like like right after I finished the interview, a couple minutes later, the judge denied, denied. She denied it. She was like, nah. She was like, no, you need (laughs) to show up. Fuck. And uh, she didn't say fuck. I said fuck. But I feel like she wanted to say fuck. (laughs) <laughs> so that's this case right now, among other points. So, so there was an old motion. She wanted mm-hmm. to clear everything up before she gets to this sanction hearing. Among other points of a four page ruling on Friday, Parker rejected Sidney Powell's request to seal the names of three supposed witnesses she claimed would suffer grave risk of harm should their identities be disclosed. Unimpressed with the request, 
Judge Parker noted, courts have long recognized a strong presumption in favor of openness regarding court records. (laughs) That's a nice way of saying fuck off. As the Washington Post reported, at least two of the one secret Kraken witnesses had inflated their credentials, did not disclose their checkered pasts, and appeared to make false statements on sworn affidavits. (laughs) One such witness, alternately codenamed Spider and Spider, S-P-Y-D-E-R, was revealed by the paper to be Joshua Merritt, who was touted as a military intelligence expert, but was actually an army vehicle mechanic and reportedly never worked in military intelligence. This reminds me of the fucking guy in I, Tanya, you know, the guy. Oh, yeah. I'm in deep ops military intelligence, (laughs) but you're not. You know, yes, I am. No, but you're not. No, yes, I am. Margot Robbie was fantastic in that movie. Yes. She's, you know, sometimes you can tell if like, you know, an Australian or an English actor is doing an American accent. No idea. Margot Robbie, man. She, she's amazing. Yeah. And Alison Janney was. Oh, Alison Janney is amazing in everything, yeah, though. That's true. Yeah. National treasure. She absolutely So was. as a side note, but. Now, another witness, Terpashore or Tor Maris Lindemann, was billed as a secret intelligence contractor, but was depicted by the Post as a small town fraudster because of her civil prosecution in North Dakota that led to a more than $25,000 penalty and attorney's fees for allegedly duping donors, a supposed Christmas fundraiser fraud thing that she cooked up. She's a pro-Trump podcaster. Her Navy experience reportedly lasted less than a year. The judge's ruling denying the sealing of such witnesses is a boon for Detroit lawyer David Fink, whose motion requesting sanctions cites the secret supposed informants as an example of the Kraken's team's fraud on the court. Basically, getting all these witnesses to sign affidavits is part of the reason you should be fucking sanctioned. That Mm -hmm. not just not only did you lie to the court, you got other people to lie in affidavits that you turned in to the court. We'll let you know what happens in that sanctions hearing. (laughs) It's not going to go well. You know, Adam Glassfeld mm-hmm. and I, before we got that order denying them of their ability for the council to sit in for them, we're like, there's no fucking way she's going to do it. Well, I have beans on there's they're fucking sanctioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but we'll just see exactly what that means, what it entails. And uh, I'm interested to Let's find out. Let's see if you're right yet again. Mm. <laughs> All right. Our next story. Do you remember the South Dakota attorney general who was charged with a hit and run when he was apparently looking at his phone and hit a pedestrian and authorities said that they found the victim's glasses inside the AG's vehicle? Whew. Well, that AG's name is Roundsborg, and he filed his defense saying the man he hit actually wanted to die. That's his defense. Oh, God. Sure, I hit him. I didn't stop. I kept going. I lied and said it was a deer, but he wanted to die. Mm. Oi. In court documents filed Friday, the state's top lawman claimed victim Joe Bover. At first, I thought it said Beaver, and I was like, Joe Beaver. That's quite a uh, South Dakota name. Mm. But uh, no, Joe Bover. Apparently, he was depressed and suicidal and may have thrown himself in front of his car as he drove home from a Republican function on September 12th. So that's the defense. Ravensburg's lawyer, Timothy J. Wrench, is seeking a court order that would force healthcare providers to release Bover's psychiatric or psychological records for exculpatory information concerning his suicidal ideation. Ravensburg has been charged with three misdemeanors and faces a maximum of 30 days in jail and a $500 fine for each if convicted at a trial that is scheduled to start August 26th. According to authorities, he was using his cell phone seconds before the crash and struck Bover as the 55-year-old Highmore man was walking along the shoulder of the road. Investigators who interviewed Ravensburg noted that Bover's face came through the windshield and his glasses were found inside the car. Yeah, three misdemeanors. Maximum 30 days in jail. $500 fine. Even Christy Nome. Mm-hmm. That awful, awful person called for his resignation and he refused to resign. 
And the impeachment of him is on hold pending this criminal investigation. But yeah, they found the dude's glasses in his car. And and that leaves a really bad taste in my mouth to get somebody's mental health records mm-hmm. to see if you can prove they were depressed and therefore must have thrown themselves in front of the car. I mean, d- accident reconstruction and science mm-hmm. can tell you whether he was on the shoulder or whether he threw himself into traffic. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is dirty. I feel like they're trying to get his mental health records just to sort of just to demolish his character in court. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. This is the, if you believe in energy or karma, this is the most disgusting defense I could possibly think of. You know, like I have PTS Mm -hmm. and and major anxiety. And Mm -hmm. and so if I get hit by a car Mm -hmm. too bad, and even if he is guilty, it's only 30 days in jail. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. That's gross. All right. We'll be right back with more headlines after this quick break. If you want these episodes ad-free, by the way, as well as ad-free episodes of Muller She Wrote and the MSW Book Club, which are out now, just go to patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote. I'll be announcing an in-person meet and greet in Manhattan for patrons. So sign up because you need to be a patron. If not, you could probably just Venmo me some money. But but if you're a patron, no big deal. And I'm going to buy drinks for people. You can sign up for as little as 36 bucks a year to be a patron. That gets you all the ad-free stuff. And when we go back on the road again, it'll get you access to Remember how when we toured last mm-hmm. time and we had those uh, VIP meet and greets before the show, those tickets were only available to patrons. Super or fun. We gave them the link ahead of time. It's it's so worth it, I think. And plus you get ad-free episodes and you get them early. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's patreon.com slash Melissa Wrote. All right, we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Allison for The Daily Beans. If you are a little stressed about the fast pace of the news and rushing back into the world after being on lockdown for so long, I have an amazing recommendation for simple, straightforward self-care. And the answer is Caliper CBD. Taking care of yourself doesn't need to add to your anxiety. That would defeat the purpose. And since I started taking Caliper CBD, I've noticed a marked improvement in my stress levels, my sense of calm overall. And I've had a lessening of pain and soreness after workouts, and I'm able to fall asleep easier because of that. And the best part of Caliper CBD is I get all the benefits without drastically changing my routine. Caliper is so convenient because they've created an easy-to-use, more effective CBD powder, which is the only clinically proven fast-acting CBD, by the way, rather than taking oils and tinctures that taste awful and you have to hold in your mouth, Caliper created a dissolvable powder that delivers 30 times more CBD in the first 30 minutes versus oil and tinctures. It's incredible. Some CBD oils can take over an hour to feel the effects. But Caliper CBD was developed by food and science experts. They have decades of experience. It is rigorously tested for purity and quality at every stage of development. There's no weird taste, like I said. And because it's not oily, it mixes easily in food or drink. I put some in my morning coffee or a protein shake after a workout. Easy peasy. And it's always THC free, so I can feel better without the disorienting high. I've had such a positive impact. My friends and family have noticed a difference. So, and one more thing, by the way, I have to mention this, is Caliper CBD comes in these easy-to-use packets that's pre-measured to precisely 20 milligrams of CBD, so you don't have to guess how much you're taking, which is such a nice benefit. And it's all-natural, vegan, non-GMO, free of fillers and chemicals, and no artificial flavors. So get 20% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, after you go to trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. So use the URL and the promo code. You can try Caliper risk-free for 30 days. And if you don't love it, they give you a full refund. That's trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. And then use promo code dailybeans, all one word, at checkout for 20% off your first order. You'll be glad you did. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I have an insurrection investigation update for you. First, from Alan Foyer at the New York Times. Oath Keepers leader, Stuart Rhodes, who's hanging out at CPAC this weekend, which I'm not going to talk about. That's the only time I'm going to mention it during this show. 
He's done this against lawyers' advice, by the way, not the CPAC thing. But he apparently sat for an interview with the FBI after they seized his phone in May. So this is like a month and a half ago. And he did this against his lawyer's advice. It was shortly after federal agents confronted him in May outside a boutique hotel in Lubbock, Texas, seizing his cell phone with a warrant in hand that Stuart Rhodes, the leader of the Oath Keepers, made a bold decision right after that. He decided, even though he had just gotten undeniable proof that he was under investigation, he agreed to be questioned about him and the Oath Keepers role in January 6th. Again, against the advice of his lawyer, Mr. Rhodes spoke freely with the agents about the Capitol assault for nearly three hours. He told this to a person on an interview on Friday. I sat with them for three hours. Mr. Rhodes said he denied that he or any of the Oath Keepers had intended to disrupt Congress's certification of the Electoral College vote. That's the chief accusation the government has lodged against the 16 members of the group who are charged with conspiracy. And there are plenty of communications, evidence, showing that that was kind of their main thing. He also said he told the agents that members of a militia, his militia went into the building only after they had heard that someone had been shot inside and they wanted to render aid. A New York Times visual investigation did not find evidence of Mr. Rhodes' claims. He's he's lying. Quote, I did express frustration that some of my guys went in, Mr. Rhodes said, noting that he told the FBI that those who breached the Capitol had gone off mission. But then he quickly added, there were zero instructions for me or leadership to do so. Why would you just offer that up unless you knew or know that there were instructions from you and or leadership to do that? For months, the government has been quietly acknowledging that investigators have been scrutinizing the role that Mr. Rhodes played. But the fact that he voluntarily submitted to an FBI interview was a new step in the inquiry. That's how the New York Times put it. a new step in the inquiry. In court papers connected to the case of his associates, Rhodes has been identified as person one, and prosecutors have described how he was in direct communication with some suspects before, during, and after the attack on the Capitol. They have also said that he sent members of the group encrypted messages assuring them that well-equipped QRFs, or Quick Reaction Forces, would be standing by outside of Washington on January 6th in case of a worst-case scenario. Speaking with investigators in the middle of a criminal inquiry is a risk, even though Mr. Rhodes has a lawyer, Kelly Sorrell, and she was present with him during that questioning. But Mr. Rhodes said he was not the only Oath Keeper leader to have talked with federal agents in recent weeks. After he was questioned, one of his top lieutenants, a man he identified as Whip and who is known as Person 10 in court papers, also spoke voluntarily with the FBI. Earlier this month, most of the defendants challenged the viability of the government's charges, and one asked presiding judge Amit Mehta to move his trial out of Washington. He wanted a venue change, arguing that too many local residents suffered from Trump derangement syndrome. Judge Mehta issued an order on Tuesday saying that the 16 defendants would be tried in two groups, one tentatively set to begin in January and the other three months later. At the same time, however, at least three Oath Keepers, according to the New York Times, have pleaded guilty in this case and have agreed to cooperate with the government. And at a recent hearing, prosecutors told Judge Mehta that they were in plea negotiations with several other members and could not rule out further charges. So known for his eye patch, the result of a gun accident, he shot his eye out. Mr. Rhodes, who attended Yale after serving in the military, founded the Oath Keepers in 2009 after the election of Obama. For years, he has earned a reputation as a leader in the right-wing patriot quote-unquote movement. I wish they wouldn't say that, often spewing incendiary rhetoric. But after former guy was elected, he and his members seemed to pivot their anti-government views. They're cool with it now. 
and they embraced the new spirit of nationalism and became suspicious of a deep state conspiracy that had taken root. (laughs) Mr. Rose was particularly vocal in supporting Trump's repeated lies that the 2020 elections were marred by fraud and that Biden's victory was illegitimate. One week after Election Day, for instance, Rhodes told the conspiracy theorist Alex Jones that he had men stationed outside Washington prepared to act at Trump's command. And at a rally in the city on December 12th, that was one of the first Stop the Steal rallies, he called Mr. Trump to invoke the Insurrection Act, which almost happened, by the way, during the George Floyd protests. Then two days before the Capitol attack, Rhodes issued a call for action on the Oath Keepers website, urging all patriots who can be in D.C. to stand tall in support of Trump's fight to defeat the enemies, foreign and domestic, who are attempting a coup. He said that two days before he attempted a coup. In the same communique, he announced that the Oath Keepers would be sending security teams to provide protection to VIPs at events surrounding the political rallies in Washington the day before and the day after and the day of the riot. Members of the group, including some who have been charged, did work as guards for Roger Stone. You think he's a spoke? Do you think he's the hub? Do you think he's the hub of the Oath Keepers and a spoke in the Trump wheel? That's what I think. And a Pennsylvania woman who allegedly stormed the Capitol and told a police officer to bring Nancy Pelosi out here now, we want to hang that fucking bitch, has filed court documents claiming to be a divinely empowered entity immune from laws. That's her defense. Pauline Bauer, Pennsylvania pizzeria owner, is accused of multiple counts of violent entry, disruptive conduct, obstruction of Congress after she allegedly broke into the Capitol. Prosecutors allege that Bauer tried to organize buses to transport people to D.C. for a rally that preceded the riot and that while in the Capitol Rotunda, she told police she wanted to kill Nancy Pelosi. But in what experts describe as an inadvisable legal strategy, (laughs) that's the best way to put it, she's demanded to represent herself in court. She appeared to threaten a court clerk with prison time and declared herself a, quote, self-governed individual with special legal privileges. Bauer does not simply appear in court, she clarified during a June 11th proceeding via Zoom. She says, I am here by special divine appearance, a living soul. That's what she told the judge while stating she did not want an attorney. I do not stand under the law, she said. Under Genesis 1, God gave man dominion over the law. In one document filed last week, Bauer listed a series of strange alternative spellings of her name in a document that she incorrectly claimed freed her from some government control. Mark Pitkovich, a senior research fellow at the Anti-Defamation League Center on Extremism, said such documents are very typical of sovereign citizens, which is a pseudo-legal movement to which Bauer appears to belong. Quote, sovereign citizens will often refer to themselves as flesh and blood people. They do this because they have this longstanding belief that the government has created artificial versions of them for various nefarious purposes. Pitkovich told the Daily Beast, noting that the document appeared to be Bauer's attempt to reclaim all supposed versions of herself. So the government has put out robots of her. She's the flesh and blood one. She's appearing under Genesis 1 as a flesh and blood sovereign person. And she is attempting to have the government hand over all supposed versions of herself. Though beliefs range throughout the loosely affiliated movement, Sovereign citizens typically claim to exist independent of U.S. law, which they frequently describe as illegitimate. Those beliefs are bolstered by the economy of sovereign influencers and grifters who offer guides to supposed legal hacks that, if actually executed, tend to land practitioners in jail. 
Bauer appears to have attempted multiple avenues of sovereign legal strategy. In one recent filing, she appeared to threaten a court clerk with prison time, noting it would be the penalty for failing to properly log her filings. In a new filing, she offered a document that, quote, serves as proof that my living DNA existed on this land before there was a United States of America and any state thereof. The attached document was a family tree showing what Bauer said were ancestors born in Virginia and Pennsylvania before 1776. Even if accurate, that's ridiculous. Bauer's next in-person court appearance is scheduled for later this month, later in July. If she continues to push sovereign legal citizen hoaxes, she could be at risk of a contempt of court charge. Pitkovich noted that some judges penalized would-be sovereigns, especially if they appear to be dragging out court proceedings. And finally, we're starting to see the Department of Justice mention the threat of right-wing propaganda and the enabling of the big lie in more and more court filings. Quote, Trump continues to make false claims about the election and minimize the violent attack on the Capitol. Television networks continue to carry and report on these claims, with some actually giving credence to the false reporting. And also, we're entering the sentencing stage of the early batch of people who were arrested. Those were charged early. And Joyce Vance says this could get very interesting because prosecutors can offer evidence at sentencing of relevant conduct that we might not have previously heard about and that judges can use to arrive at the correct guideline range for sentencing. So we actually might learn more about the investigation through these sentencing hearings. And they start this week, well, first week of August in earnest. All right, we'll be right back with some real life Handmaid's Tale shit going down in Texas. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this segment of the pod is brought to you by Helix Sleep. You've heard me talk about this so many times. It's the best mattress in the world. I was tossing and turning. I thought it was because of what was going on in politics and trying to report the news. But as it turned out, I had a mattress that was made for someone else. That's why Helix Sleep designed my mattress for me, and I have gotten the best night's sleep ever since. It's incredible. The Helix Sleep Quiz, online sleep quiz, takes just two minutes to complete. They match your body type and individual sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, and you have 100 nights to try it out risk-free. You know, like I said, I used to have those sleep issues, but with Helix, you're getting the mattress that uh, you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you're asleep. They have mattresses great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. And they have Helix Plus mattresses for our beautiful plus-size sleepers. They have just the perfect mattress for you. It's waiting. It's waiting for you as is the best night's sleep ever. I took the quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side. But don't take my word for it. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. They were awarded number one best overall mattress pick in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix has also been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving sleep. So just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and like I said, they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will love it. And Helix has financing options for flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. You'll be glad you went. And today's show is also brought to you by Ewe. Okay, so I've tried a lot of different omega-3 supplements, pretty much all of them. And I've got to say, Ewe is the best one I've ever used. Top, top, the best, head and shoulders, no contest. The secret is algae. This is a whole nother level above plain fish oil. I found Ewe to be the vastly superior omega-3 supplement over traditional omega-3s. I recommend it for boosting your overall health and wellness. Everyone knows health benefits of omega-3 are amazing. But did you know where fish get their omega-3s from? Algae. So with Ewe, you go straight to the source. You skip the middle fish. 
and the nasty fish taste. Iwi's proprietary form of algae leads up to 50% more absorption, the world's highest absorption of any source of omega-3. And Iwi's patented formula goes right to your bloodstream for more absorption too, more health benefits. And in a clinical study, Iwi cholesterol helped reduce bad VLDL cholesterol by 25% on average in just three months. No matter how old or young you are, you can reap the benefits of Iwi. If you're all about the healthy lifestyle, then adding Iwi to your self-care supplements is a must to support your heart, brain, vision, and overall wellness. And all of Iwi's products are plant-based and their algae is sustainably farmed in the United States. I've used traditional omega-3 supplements and I much prefer Iwi. I take it daily to give my system a boost and support my overall health, and I highly recommend trying Iwi today. It's never too late or too early to start taking Iwi. So go to iwilife.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans to save 30% on your first purchase. Take advantage of this limited time offer today. Iwi Life. That's I-W-I-L-I-F-E dot com slash dailybeans. Use code dailybeans for 30% off your first purchase. Iwilife.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, this story is frankly terrifying. It gives me a Handmaid's Tale flashback, making me wonder if we should, I don't know, you ever have that we should get out while we can feeling before they lock us all down? Maybe I'm overreacting here, but let me, let me just give you this story. This is from Sabrina Tavernese at the New York Times. She says, people across the country may soon be able to sue abortion clinics doctors, and anyone helping a woman get an abortion in Texas under a new state law that contains a legal innovation with broad implications for the American court system. The provision passed the state legislature this spring as part of a bill that bans abortion after a doctor detects a fetal heartbeat, usually at about six weeks of pregnancy. Many states have passed such bans, but the law in Texas is different. Of course, we can argue about the heartbeat and that it's not a heartbeat. But listen to this. Ordinarily, enforcement would be up to government officials, right? And if clinics wanted to challenge the law's constitutionality, they would sue those officials in making their case. So let's say you have an abortion. You get a fine slapped on you by the government. You sue the government over constitutionality. But the law in Texas prohibits officials from enforcing it. Instead, it takes the opposite approach, effectively deputizing ordinary citizens, including from outside Texas, to sue clinics and others who violate the law, and it awards them at least $10,000 per illegal abortion if they're successful. This can be like abortion bounty hunters. Quote, it's completely inverting the legal system. That's Steve Vladek, friend of ours. We've had him on the show. He's a constitutional law professor at University of Texas, Austin. He says, quote, it says the state is not going to be the one to enforce the law. Your neighbors are. The result is a law that is extremely difficult to challenge before it takes effect on September 1st because it's hard to know who to sue to block it. And lawyers for clinics are now wrestling with what to do about it. Six-week bans in other states have all been blocked as they make their way through the court system. The Texas legislature began a special session on Thursday with a conservative agenda taking aim at voting rights and other issues. The law comes as the right to an abortion and the laws governing it are in flux. Abortion opponents have scored major victories in state legislatures over the past decade with restrictions whittling down access through much of the Midwest and the South. The 2021 legislative season has set the record for the most abortion restrictions signed in a single year in the United States. That's according to a Guttmacher Institute, which tracks abortion statistics and supports abortion rights, by the way. Supreme Court has shifted, too, as we know, with conservatives now making up a very solid majority in an abortion case before the court next term. Critics say the Texas law amounts to kind of a hack of the legal system. In an open letter this spring, more than 370 Texas lawyers, including Professor Vladek, said a central flaw 
was its attempt to confer legal standing on abortion opponents who were not themselves injured. They call the law an unprecedented abuse of civil litigation and said it could have destabilizing impacts on the state's legal infrastructure. Quote, if the barista at Starbucks overhears you talking about your abortion and it was performed after six weeks, that barista is authorized to sue the clinic where you obtained the abortion and to sue any other person who helped you, like the Uber driver who took you there. That's Melissa Murray, a law professor at New York University. Some statutes have authorized private citizens to sue to enforce the law, even if they themselves are not harmed. That's Howard Wasserman, a law professor at Florida International University in Miami. What is different about Texas's law, he says, is that private enforcement is not in support of state enforcement. It's in lieu of it. A switch, he said, that is not good for democracy. What's more, a SCOTUS ruling last month involving a credit reporting company rejected the concept of people suing when they were not concretely harmed. That case involved lawsuits in federal court, but Professor Wasserman says lawyers for the clinics would probably use it in their arguments in Texas. The most common place for clinics to challenge abortion restrictions in Texas has been federal court, where they have won more often than at the state level. Supporters of the new law say it's an attempt to argue abortion cases in the courts of the state where they originated, Texas, without anti-abortion measures immediately being suspended by a federal judge, which is what usually happens. John Sego, legislative director for Texas Right to Life, the largest anti-abortion organization in the state, said that some people in the anti-abortion movement thought this was not working in federal court, so let's try a different route. Lawyers for the clinics argue that a six-week abortion ban is clearly unconstitutional, and that the Texas law is designed to insulate the state from a challenge. Federal protection currently extends to pregnancies up to the point at which the fetus can sustain life outside the womb, about 23 or 24 weeks. Given that federal courts are experienced at deciding constitutional rights issues, lawyers for clinics say it is logical to go there for relief. But the new law, if it takes effect, will make that much, much harder. Not to mention that case that's coming up this fall is about how many weeks a particular state can ban an abortion. And if it gives states the individual rights to determine at how many weeks, you're compounding the problem. Lawyers for abortion clinics are deciding how to respond. Julie Murray, a lawyer for Planned Parenthood Federation of America, says that if the law took effect, clinics and doctors could defend themselves against the citizens who sue and might prevail in individual cases. But what one judge does in one case is not binding in other cases. There could be a flood of suits across Texas's 254 counties. Mr. Sego said he did not think there would be a flood of suits. State judges will still expect claimants to build a case and identify targets, a specific abortion, by the way, that was performed later than the fetal heartbeat was detected. That's the uh, target that they have to identify. And it would not be easy, he says. There, there's still a, quite a lot of hoops to jump through for a claimant to prevail, he said. But even the threat of the suits can cause a clinic to shut down abortion services. That's what happened in Lubbock. Planned Parenthood, which had a clinic there, sued the city after the ordinance passed in a voter initiative in May, but the judge threw out the case, saying the organization didn't have standing to sue the city. The law went into effect June 1st, and the clinic has stopped providing abortions. Last week, Planned Parenthood filed a motion to reconsider. Angela Martinez, manager of the Planned Parenthood Health Center in Lubbock, says uh, she had to tell patients they would now have to drive five hours each way, one way, to Dallas for their care. Ugh. I'm interested to see what happens here. I'm also very scared. After that story, uh, we're really going to need the good news today. And for balance, I do have a little bit of schadenfreude for you.
A California event center reportedly pulled the plug on an America First rally after it found out the hosts and featured speakers were Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Quote, as soon as we found out who the speakers were, we immediately canceled it. That's Javad Murdavusi, manager of the Pacific Hills Banquet and Event Center in Laguna Hills. And he said this to the Orange County Register. We just want to stay clear of that, he added, without providing any specifics. <laughs> the center had simply been told when the space was booked that the venue would be used for a gathering, he said. The event was canceled Friday, about a week before the July 17th rally. Tickets for the rally were reportedly still up for grabs on Saturday, but the controversial hosts now need a new venue. Green's spokesperson, Nick Dyer, called the account of the cancellation totally inaccurate but didn't explain how it was inaccurate. He confirmed to the newspaper that the venue is changing, but he didn't have a new location as of Friday. The operation is very close to securing a location that will proudly host our America First rally, according to Dyer. The controversial lawmakers launched their initial America First rally in May at a conservative Florida retirement community, the villages probably. Green and the GOP extremist Lauren Boebert were just shunned earlier this week as carnival barkers by the conservative Value in Electing Women Political Action Committee. The prominent fundraising group announced it will provide no money to Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene. Boo-hoo. All right, we'll be back with the good news. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's Allison, and I'm here to put some beans on it. These days, so many products are mass-produced quickly and cheaply, designed to be temporary, so we have to keep buying them over and over again, and they end up in landfills. It's not sustainable, it's awful, and it's a bad idea. But it wasn't always this way. If we look to the craftsmanship of yesteryear, we see we used to make things of quality, designed to last and perform on a high level for a long time. We can have that again. This brings me to American Giant. Bayard Winthrop, CEO and founder, was determined and committed to make the greatest t-shirt because he wasn't satisfied with what was on the market. He said, when you spend your time making clothes in the United States, it causes you to think about the great American styles. And there is no question the T-shirt is at the top. American Giant's best-selling premium slub tees iconic silhouette is made the right way with quality care right here in the United States. American Giant says it stays in close partnership with their suppliers and they make products built to last. I love it. It's made with custom heavyweight slub fabric that is not see-through and non-torquing, unlike other slub tees on the market. American Giant spent over a year obsessing over the fabric and tested several variations until they found the perfect one. It's rich and varied texture, gives it a unique look, it holds its shape after wash and wear, and it holds its color incredibly well. The custom fabric combined with a tailored fit makes American Giant's premium tee incomparable to other tees on the market. To me, it's the quality of American Giant's tees that really stand out. When I first grabbed the premium tee, it felt more, more, it had more heft. It was just awesome. It was just, it felt good. And it seems like they just put more care into making it. And it's going to last for a really long time. And it fits beautifully. I also love their made in Los Angeles with 100% American-grown cotton. They're durable, beautiful, and they fit and feel amazing. Let American Giant play a supporting role in letting your style shine. So get your new favorite tees at American-Giant.com today. Use promo code DAILYBEANS for 15% off your first order. That is 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at American-Giant.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by All Form, taking the magic of Helix out of the bedroom and into the living room, where they make beautiful, customizable couches and love seats and chairs for every person's unique tastes. I love All Form. Their sofas and chairs are designed to your specifications, and they're delivered directly to you with fast free shipping. You customize your own luxury furniture using premium materials, but at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. And with All Form, you pick your fabric, which is spill stain and scratch resistant. As I've said, that's wonderful if you have pod pets. You pick the color, you pick the finish of the legs, the sofa size, and the configuration to make sure it's perfect for you and your family and your home. 
I have a three-seater leather sofa. I customized it with whiskey leather, a walnut leg finish, and a chaise lounge. Came in a couple days, put it together myself, and I love it. It's roomy and modern. It's comfy. And my favorite part is it's designed to my own specifications. The other great thing about Allform is how fast they deliver to you. Normally, if you want to order a new custom sofa, it takes months to arrive, and you have to have somebody come put it together for you. But Allform, doom, just three to seven days in the mail, and you can put it together yourself in a few minutes with no tools needed. They have beautiful armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight seat sectionals. So there's something for everyone. And you can always start small and add on later if you move to a bigger house or your family gets bigger. Best of all, you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. And if you don't love it, you will. But if you don't, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. So no risk. They also have a forever warranty, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash daily beans. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders. That's huge. 20% off all orders for listeners at allform.com slash daily beans. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. And Dana's out, so joining me for the good news is Amanda Reader. Hello again, Mandy. Hello. After that, New York Times, the couple of stories that we had in the B and C blocks, we mm-hmm. definitely need the good news today. For real. So, I, I mean, I tried to throw a little schadenfreude in there, but mm. I think we need a full on block of good news. And thank you to listeners for sending in your yes. good news. If you have anything, confessions, corrections, misheard lyrics, shared swears, find the cat, happy places, what the mutt, town twisters, Louis Gomert is dumb, <laughs> limericks. We have so many things. And if you want to play a new game, I think somebody introduced a new game last Friday. I can't remember what it is, but it's awesome. Or if you have a dispute you need settled in Amy's court, <laughs> oh, whatever, you know what? Fuck it. Anything you have, just send it in to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. I'm going to kick us off, Amanda, with a submission from Pokney, pronouns she and her. Mm-hmm. Dear best beans. Oh, I like that. <laughs> My submission is less good news and more of good vibes. All right. Remember we had a secretary of vibes? <laughs> Maybe Pokney can be our secretary of vibes. I am a compliance auditor in Kansas and Oklahoma. Oh, I love you already. I travel throughout a lot of Trump country and have learned to keep my mouth shut. But this is too good not to share. One of my agents is a former teacher. She has started a local chapter of Sister Goods in her town of Topeka. They collect donations of feminine hygiene products to distribute to poor and homeless girls. I learned that these girls will often use socks or even skip school during their period. She's been organizing this in her office with great success. I loved hearing about her former clients sheepishly delivering products to her office. (laughs) It made me laugh almost as much as their generosity warmed my heart. April Kelsey is in Topeka, but I believe this started in Utah by Kristen Andrews. April said she hoped this charity would catch on in other places. And of course, I thought of the Daily Beans. Yes. For my pet tax, I'm sharing a pic of my sister's kids at the Oklahoma Aquarium and Elsa the dog who forgot who I was for the week they were here. (laughs) I won't make you guess her breed. Her mother was a husky mix, we assume based on her color. Temperament and 92 pounds that her daddy was the mastiff mix down the road. Oh, buddy. (laughs) If you have other guesses, I will just say, yeah, probably. Thanks for all you do. This is wonderful. I love this, Sister Goods. Love that. Absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at the... So cute. uh Oh, aquarium photo. The hair, the hair in your family is magnificent. Mm-hmm. Majestic. Shiny. Conditioned and locks. That's like a Pantene commercial. Mm-hmm. Pantene family. Pantene Call family? them up. You know, people say, hey, your baby could be a Gerber baby. Yeah, this could it's be like a Pantene family. You could be a Pantene family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one's from Debbie, pronounced she, her. 
On the heels of the New Zealander living in Melbourne, <laughs> I want to contribute some English town names that are pronounced well, let us say, in their own special way. Oh, and we have Mandy here for this today, who's probably going to be much better at this than I am. <laughs> I mean, I, I I lived in England for a little while, but let's not get too crazy because I don't want to I don't want to promise anything. I'll probably mess in, it up. Too. I lived in England zero. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. A few years ago, my husband and I were traveling in England and took the train from London to Windsor. After exiting the two you get on the train. I ha- I'm aware of this. I, I lived there. I remember. After exiting the tube, you get on the train and have to change at a town spelled S-L-O-U-G-H. My husband and I placed our, be- placed our bets on how it might be pronounced. I went for slough and my husband chose slew. <laughs> Wrong. It rhymes with cow. Slough. Yes. Okay. Slough. Are you familiar with slough? I am familiar with slough. <laughs> I am. Yes. I've been to slough, actually. I feel like vindicated, even though it has nothing to do with me. I have been to slough, yeah. But slough and slough were great guesses. <laughs> uh, on a previous trip, we visited the northern part of England and saw the castle where parts of the first Harry Potter movie were filmed called Alnwick. We were warned by British friends that it, that it is pronounced Anik. Oh, maybe there's a typo here. But anyway, I'm not sure where that is. They weren't able to warn us about the pronunciation of the little town where we stopped at a pub, of course. Brownside? Uh, looked to us like it contained the name of a chocolate pastry. No, it's pronounced Brunside. Oh, okay. So brownie, brownie side is uh-huh. how it's spelled, but it's Brunside. Brunside. Interesting. Figures, they just shorten it. Yeah. They just shorten everything. I, well, you know who shortens everything? More than people think that's the English people who make little nicknames for everything short. No, my Australian friends have yeah. more nicknames for things than anyone I've ever met <laughs> in my whole life. And if you're Australian, tweet at, at Daily Beans Pod. You can attest to this and come, tell us your five top slang words or like abbreviations for things because I'm telling you Australians and New Zealanders they shorten everything <laughs> and like they, they have words I've never even heard of hmm. <laughs> but anyway that's not a town name that's a that's an abbreviation <laughs> all right so we'll finish this one off because I don't have any pets for the tax I offer lemon adoptable at the Weld County of Colorado Humane Society. Oh my gosh. The link will be in the notes. Look at the face. Very cute. <gasps> that looks like a little Maine Coon boy. Mm-hmm. I want can I have? Where's Weld County? Oh, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, we could drive so there. What we've been doing is if you don't have pod pets for tax, mm-hmm. you can post an adoptable pet. Aww. And we put the link in the thing. I love that. I love it. It was a, it was a listener idea. I'm a rescue mama, so I love that. Good, good job, listener, who suggested that. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Our listeners are the brilliantest. Next up from Janet T, pronouns she and her. It's time for What the Mutt. Do-do-do-do. I adopted my boy Parker from Labs and More. Apparently he's more. <laughs> Here in San Diego. Oh, yeah, Labs and More. Rescue in San Diego. He's part of the More in their name. There isn't an ounce of Lab in him. No matter how much he looks like a cream-colored Labrador, he's a mix of four breeds. What are your guesses? Ooh. Okay, Pit. Yeah, I see a little Pit in there. Husky. Interesting. Uh, 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 Hard to say. How big he is. Looks pretty big. Oh, look at that tail. This looks like one of those, what are those, barkless Shiba Inus or something? Maybe a little Shiba. Or Spitz, you know those guys? Um, what a beautiful dog, though. And then, Gorgeous. And then Chow Chows, because they, they get around. Oh. Chow Chow, get around. All right. The All reveal. Right. What do we the got? The answer is there. Boxer? Oh, that's what I was going to think. Chow? Yes! Cocker Spaniel, German Shepherd. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. okay. So I got one. I got the Chow. And that's that I just threw in there because Chows get around. You, I got zero, so you, you win. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bushy tail from a German shepherd. That's where it comes from. Cocker spaniel when stalking lizards. Let's see. Chow is in his neck rough and he cocks his leg like a spaniel. 
and uh, boxer traits, head shape. That's what I first thought, and I didn't say it. I went, why did I? I don't know why I said pity instead, but yeah, boxer for reals. Well, I lose. <laughs> All right. Next one from Anonymous. Hey, Beans fam. Uh, I have a misheard lyric. After hearing Taylor Swift's blank space on the TV, with the lyrics to sing along with, we, my wife, my daughter, and my sister-in-law all collectively realize we've been singing the song wrong the whole time. In the hook, we heard Tay-Tay sing, so it's gonna be forever, <laughs> or it's gonna go down in flames, et cetera, et cetera. And the you line is... when it's over. Yeah, you keep going. Mm. If the high was worth the pain, this is really what kills me. Got lonely Starbucks lovers. <laughs> Got lonely Starbucks lovers. Got lonely Starbucks lovers. <laughs> what? Uh, obviously, the line is not that. The line is got a long list of ex-lovers. <laughs> this is so funny to me because, I mean, I don't like love this song, but I, it's on a lot of playlists that I listen to. So I know the song. And the fact that you thought it was got a lonely Starbucks lover instead of got a long list of ex-lovers. And it's your wife, daughter and sister-in-law and you all collectively realizing you have all been saying got lonely Starbucks lovers. Got lonely Starbucks lovers. Hey, I have a long list of lonely Starbucks lovers. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel that. I wonder what it is about your family that makes you think all that it's got to do with Starbucks lovers. I'm sorry I didn't commit to that singing. I was unprepared for this impromptu or- karaoke session. <laughs> or 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 are the are there Starbucks lovers who are lonely? Not like you had like your lover is from Starbucks, but somebody loves Starbucks and you're their lover. Maybe I don't even I don't even. Or it's like, or it's like meeting up with a sad lover at a Starbucks. <laughs> so your lover is lonely, but you meet them at a Starbucks, and I don't know. I wonder if any of, of them ever wondered how much it cost. Starbucks to be mentioned in the Tay Tay song, or like a forlorn barista working <laughs> late at night. That's what I keep thinking. Yeah. That's yeah. a lonely Starbucks lover. Right. Far across the country from her parents getting a liberal arts degree in Star crossed at Starbucks. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Next up from Susie. Pronoun she and her. Submission for the blank as blank game. Oh, that's a game I forgot to mention at the top of the thing. Okay. Like uh, somebody said uh, this is as Canadian as possible under the circumstances. Okay. Okay. Uh, wait. Uh, blank. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mine is Scottish as fuck. that's nice like american is apple pie Mm -hmm. but somebody sent in canadian as possible under the circumstances which just made me laugh a lot (laughs) but scottish as fuck i like it here are some fun place names to pronounce octermukti oh i got it right i think you did yeah german it's my german background (laughs) eklafecken oh my god i got that right too you did no it's eklafecken oh eklafecken yeah i said ekla Oh, and I can actually say the long Welsh one as I learned it when I was a kid. <laughs> Thanks for everything you do. Love you, ladies. Pet taxes. Willow checking the car park below looking for squirrels and birds. Oh, that big tail. Yeah, there was like a 48 letter one that somebody sent in. I always remember it like when you're a kid and you learn mm-hmm. those long, long things. I remember when I learned the long form name for whiteout in Germany, mm-hmm. which was Tipflura Kurekterflusikite, which is like that's whiteout. Most people just call it tip X. Mm-hmm. I remember those extra long things like that. So it makes sense that that uh, Susie remembers the Welsh town that I can't remember. Right oh, now. I can't pronounce it, but I know the one of which you speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, we have one more good news story. But as AG said, send them in if you have them. You know what? I need to start sending in some of my good news. 
Yes, you do. Just as a surprise for everyone. Okay. Uh, last one's from Christy. She, her. Dear Beans Queens, I couldn't hold this one for another six months, so I have a misheard lyrics Christmas in July edition. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Love me some Christmas in July. Back when I used to get paid to care for other people's children, I was nearby a sweet five-year-old friend happily coloring and singing Jingle Bells when she nonchalantly sang out, Oh, what fun it is to ride, and the horse lifted his leg. <laughs> Oh, what's fun it is to ride and the horse lifted his leg. (laughs) Wow. Because what the hell is a one-horse open sleigh to a five-year-old born in the early 90s? It has been nearly 30 years, and I think of this story often, and it always brings a smile. Thanks so much for all you do. I am most grateful for all I have learned from you all. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, Yeah, I I imagine five-year-olds today would have no reason to have heard the phrase one horse open sleigh. Or anything close to it. And, and the, the horse, horse lifted, lifted his leg. Dude, that's, that's so, so great. Uh, oh, thank you, Christy. Cool. Pronoun she and her. Thanks to everybody for sending yeah. these in. And by the way, I forgot. I just forgot to to tell you, Scottish as fuck, Susie, that your catto with the with the spots on the tail and then the tail. It's just this is an adorable catto. It's a I good cat. Like and thanks to everybody for sending in your your games and your good news. We really needed it today, and mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate your time and composing those and again dailybeanspod.com click on contact anything before we get out of here mandy it's been good to see you it's yeah. good to have you in it's been the studio. so nice to be in the studio it's been nice to well you know virtually connect with all of the listeners yay you can follow me at mandy reader or mandy underscore reader on twitter and uh, i'll be back on the beans a couple times this month so yeah, Dana's, yeah. Uh, now that we're opening up, uh, mm-hmm. I know Dana and Amy are doing a lot of traveling and movies and shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not true. I got invited to do some things. I get to go to New York and that, yeah. So patrons, by the way, it's going to be, it's going to be August 6th in Manhattan, probably around the Chelsea neighborhood Cool. at 6 p.m. Uh, and I will, um, we will send out to patrons the place, the location and all that stuff. So if you're not a patron, you can sign up three bucks a month. Come on. You can do it at, uh, what is, what is it? Patreon.com slash Daily Beans Pod. The Daily Beans. Support women in podcasting. Yeah. Do it. Or more she wrote. It all works. Because yeah. you get all the shows ad free and early. And, oh, we even have a, you know, if you can't swing it, uh, if you go to dailybeanspod.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, we have patrons helping patrons. And you can buy a $36 annual subscription to be a patron for someone who can't swing it. And you can put your name on a list to get one of those. That seems like a really nice thing to do for someone. <laughs> seems like you're creating some good energy for yourself. Yeah. And if you have mm-hmm. a put yourself on the list, check your junk file. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of people who we sent emails to that haven't mm-hmm. taken advantage of their free yearly membership as donated by other patrons is probably in your junk. In fact, 100% of the time when people go, where's my thing? It's in your junk mail. Check your junk. That's where it is. I mean, that applies to a lot of different things. Check your junk. Yeah, everyone just check your junk. That's the moral of the story for today. It's universal. Check your junk. Check your junk. I'm writing that down for an episode title possibility. (laughs) Check your junk. Everybody, until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Mandy Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. <laughs>